given us a pathway, given us a direction, given us a road, a channel to follow. God, we honor you for what you've done in our hearts and our lives. And God, we honor that. We honor you just because you're God, just because of who you are. Now, Father, today, would you speak to our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. He tore the veil. He made a way. Many of you are looking for the way that God would lead you in this summer. I want you to watch this video as we get started this morning. I'm Katie Larry, and what we did last summer as Chasers was we went to different, two different parks um, in Alexandria, and we just ministered to the kids that were part of that community. And I've grown up in church, and I've um, been around the church a lot of my life, but to really be able to be the hands and feet of Christ and to go minister to those kids absolutely changed my viewpoint on what church is and what it's, what it's supposed to be. The highlight of my summer was this little kid named Jeremiah. Um, we saw him every day. His full name was Jeremiah Brian Bell. We called him Jeremiah, but um, he loved his full name, so we just went with that sometimes. He learned how to play hopscotch, and it was the most amazing experience to us, and I don't know why the little things excite us so much, but we literally drew this huge hopscotch thing, and he would like fall over himself and like, I think he was like three or four years old, but he had so much determination and honestly teaching a kid how to play hopscotch this last summer was probably one of my favorite parts and it was so fun to see like the achievement on his face and how excited he was to be able to do that. The main thing I took away from this past summer was being able to be led by the Spirit and just trusting the Spirit inside of me. Um, every time we would go out there, we would literally sit in the van, we had this big white van that we just drove out there every time, and Corlin and Katie and I would just sit in there and pretty much just let the Holy Spirit speak to us and tell us what we needed to do that day and how we needed to minister to the kids. And it was just so cool because we'd sit there for like 10 minutes and just chill and really just like take it all in. And once we left, it was like God had already gone before us, like he said in the scripture, and just laid out the entire plan for us, and all we had to do was just follow his footsteps. So for me, it was letting go of control and just trusting that God's already got it figured out. Um, I would tell anyone that's interested in the Chasers ministry that first of all just see where God wants you to plug in. If that means giving money. Um, that was one thing that we learned is that if we had food out there and we were able to feed the kids and the families, they would come and that was an awesome opportunity to be able to minister. So um, of course money is definitely a way to help out, but also we need definitely hands and feet out there physically um, doing the work. So if anybody wants to be an intern, that is definitely something I'd recommend. Um, and learn, you learn teamwork, you learn how to love each other through the thick and the thin, you learn 
um, how to encourage when it gets tough and when it's hot outside and you don't want to do anything else. So um, it's definitely something that you'll learn from and grow from. And also, man, the people that prayed for us last summer were the ones that got us through. Like every single Sunday when we came and they said, we prayed for you this week, what happened? You know, how did God move? That was something that impacted me more than really anything else. And I know KT and Cortland feel the same way. So um, definitely prayer, um, just being committed to what God's doing. Chasers Amen. 2013, finding a way, finding a way in our city where there doesn't seem to be one. The Bible says in Isaiah, it says that uh, 48 and 18, behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall it spring forth? Will you know it? I'll put rivers in the desert uh, and pathways in the wilderness. Today, that's what God is wanting to do with our hearts and our lives, allow us to find a new way. Our summer series that we'll be kicking off will be uh, going through the book of Philippians. Uh, the summer is crazy. Uh, last week we had 225 people here today. Thank you for staying and holding down the fort and uh, having somebody here to preach to today. Uh, holiday weekend, everybody's moving. The summer will be a moving target. You can stay in contact with us online. Uh, you can watch our sermons live there online. They'll post or uh, on television, channel 31, channel 3, something like that. Uh, but the easy way, too, is if you're not able to be here, we'll be going through the book of Philippians. It'll be the first time as a faith family we've gone through a book, and uh, you'll be able to read and keep up with us where we are. And so we're going to look at the book of Philippians today, so if you turn to the book of Acts, and uh, the book of Acts will be there. A couple of places in the book of Acts, I want you to grab the whole story of what's happening. What does it mean, the way of Christ? The way used to be a word that was used very often. I remember... When we were waiting on the twins to be born, a man came up to me and said, so I see you're in the family way. And that meant nothing to me. So I had to have someone translate that for me, what the family way meant. It meant we had babies coming. The way, the pathway, the route, the wilderness, the, the, the channel, the direction to follow. Today there's the, the way, how to find your way is a multi-million dollar business. I mean, go into any bookstore, secular or Christian. Go, on, go to Amazon, go to any place that sells books, the old-fashioned kind, or the electronic ones, and there's page after page, shelf after shelf of books to help you find your way. And everybody is looking for their way forward. What is the direction that I should go? Many of you college students, what direction should I go? What, what should be my major? What should I do? Which pathway should I go? Katie was talking about that. Just finding your way. Today there is a city that God has positioned us in strategically. And they are needing someone to help them find a way. Now, there's lots of good organizations. There's lots of good clubs. There's some programs that are from the government that are not too bad. But I want you to know today that the church is the way. God ordained the church. He ordained the home and he ordained the church. And that is the way. God is looking for a group of people who have the best news in all of the world to run out into the world chasing, chasing, pursuing, saying, I know the way. I have found the way out. Come, come, come quickly. And today, if you're here looking for the way forward, I want to share with you a couple of thoughts. In the book of Acts, in chapter 16, we'll find our place there. 
the book of Acts, chapter 16. Very familiar passage of scripture, maybe for some of you. For some others, maybe not. Acts 16 and verse 6 says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and to Galatia, and they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in the province of Asia. Would you underline that in your Bible? They were prevented. They were prevented by the Holy Spirit. Man didn't prevent them. God did. They didn't run out of money. They didn't run out of supporters. God prevented them. Sometimes in our life, we try to do things and, and God just prevents us. Matter of fact, I'm pretty simple-minded, you know. So a lot of times when I'm praying about new direction, I pray very simply, Lord, please just, just slam the door in my face so that I will not walk through it if I'm not supposed to. Lord, help me. Lord, if I'm having trouble discerning this, put up the wall, put up the barricade, put up the blocks. And then it goes on in verse 7 and continues in this passage of Scripture. Says, so after they couldn't go in that direction, it says, And when they came to Missa, they tried to go into Bithana, and But the Spirit of Jesus, underline this in your Bible, would not allow them. Would not allow them. Let's go a little bit further, verse 8. So by bypassing this area, they came down the trust. And when they got there during the night... So what happened was, they said, well, here's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to go this direction. So they began to pursue that direction. They realized it was just kind of their thoughts and their pathway. So they went another direction. When they couldn't go that direction, they said, well, let's go down here and let's get a good night's rest. In the morning, we'll get up and go again. But in the middle of the night, something happened. Paul received a vision from a man uh, pleading for him to cross over to Macedonia and help us. Look at this next verse right here, verse 10. continues to open up. And after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia. They didn't have to vote on it. They didn't have to debate it. They had a word from God. God gave them a word and they began to move. And God called us to evangelize them. To evangelize them and show them the way. Show them the pathway, the channel, the route. Then setting sail from Troas, they ran straight course the next day to Nepalus. And look at this next verse right here. And from there to Philippi, there's the word we were looking for. We're going through the book of Philippians, Paul writing a letter to the church of Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony which was a leading city of the district of Macedonia where Paul had received the vision from the man of Macedonia and says, we stayed in that city for a number of days. Look at this next verse. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river we, we, where we thought there was a place to pray. But when we got down there and spoke, to, there were women already there. So they began to speak to the women gathering there. And there was this woman there named Lydia. Circle that in your Bible because she makes a big difference. A lady named, a lady named Lydia and a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God and was listening. Who worshipped God and was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to the attention of what was spoken by Paul. The story unfolds even further. And after, she said to her household, she and her whole household were baptized. And she urged Paul to stay there. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded him. Now, the story continues to move forward later in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts with the church of Philippi. They were there. They continued to do ministry. And as they were doing ministry, they were going about in the way that God was leading them. And they ran across this girl who was a, a, uh, a fortune teller. She had the spirit of fortune telling and made her owners or masters lots of money. 
And so by telling people their fortune. And so she kept annoying Paul. And uh, you can go and read this in Acts 16, annoying him. And finally, he just turned around her and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of that girl. And so the, the demonic spirit left her. Yeah, there is such a thing as that. And so it left her, and then she couldn't tell anybody's future anymore. She, she was no good and to make her men any more money off the fortune telling, and so they were, got ticked off. And so they had Paul and Silas arrested and thrown in jail. And then the story is there, they're locked in the jail in the middle of the night, and Man, all of a sudden, God shows up, and the Philippian jailer gets saved, and guess what? The whole church of Philippi is birthed. Birthed on a riverbank, birthed in the prison. It wasn't in the church with the high steeple. It wasn't in the church with the mosaic stained glass windows. It wasn't in the church that had all the resources and all the power and all the mission committees. It was where people were doing life. Lives were being changed, and God was leading into a new way. The book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1 says, To the saints of God, the church of Philippi, to the deacons, to the elders, to the overseers. By that time, just a little while later, all of a sudden, that, that what started on a riverbank had blown up, and all of a sudden there was a live, Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church to be the light shining into the darkness. Isn't that something? Wow. So, as we look at this and grab hold of it, I really want you to understand how those things happen. They'll happen, God-sized things will happen, and cities will begin to change when people find their way. The song we sang earlier said, He tore the veil, He made a way. He made a way. There was a veil. There was a veil in the temple that, that man could not cross. The high priest could go behind the veil one time a year. And when he went behind the veil that one time a year, in case he wouldn't write with God, when he went behind the veil, he tied a rope around his leg. In case he died behind the veil, they'd just drag him out of the rope, pull him out by his ankle. But the Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, when he was on the cross that day, it says the Bible says, the word of God says, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, signifying that now God had made a way with his own arm, according to the prophet Isaiah, he had brought down salvation. And I want you to understand something today that God is wanting to make a way in your life. God is wanting to give new direction in your life. God doesn't want you stumbling around. God doesn't want you bogged down with the things of your past. God has made a way for you by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. He came to take away the sins of the world and He has made a pathway that you may walk in it. The thing today is will you find the right way? How do you find the right way? Everybody's asking that question. What way should I go? What should I do? How should I spend my summer? Today, we can find our way. Let's back up a couple of chapters. First of all, you find your way in the Word of God. The Bible says in the book of Acts, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 9, I mean, there was this guy named Saul who we just read was Paul. God transformed him in Acts 9. Here's what happened. I mean, all of a sudden, Paul was on his way to the religious leaders at Jerusalem and said, you know, I hear there's some cool things happening in the name of Jesus and things are, are shaking up over there in Damascus. Can you give me letters so that I can go travel to Damascus and all of a sudden begin to persecute them? So Paul, who knew the word, matter of fact, in Paul's resume, he says, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I was circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of, of Benjamin. He, I understand that. I understand religion. 
I understand the law. He knew the Old Testament law and the scriptures better than anybody else, yet his job was to kill believers. And there Paul was, Saul was with documents in his hand going to Damascus to wreak havoc on the church. And then all of a sudden as he traveled in verse 3 in chapter 9, it says, as he traveled and he was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. And all of a sudden, falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul was on his way to persecute the Christians, but I want you to understand something. At Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, when we walk through momentary affliction and we walk through adversity and hardships because we are a believer, I want you to know that Jesus Christ takes it personal. He didn't say, man, why did you just persecute Stephen a few weeks ago? Why are you on your way to Damascus to, to persecute James and John and Matthew and the others? He said, no, you're coming after me. And so all of a sudden, man, things begin to happen. And he replied, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus Christ, the one you're persecuting. And man, all of a sudden, Saul's life took on a new way because he had a word from God. Matter of fact, if you look at that in your Bible, in the book of Acts, in chapter 9, it's very interesting, as he says, why are you persecuting me? And he goes on and he says, he traveled on into the city. And so then the Bible begins to talk about this man named Ananias. Look at it in your verses right here. As we skip down, look at, look at verse 11. It says, now in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias who the Lord had sent, and he, the Lord spoke to Ananias, and he said, here I am. And God said, hey, I want you to get up and go to the street called Straight because there was a crooked man who's on the straight way. And so there he got up and he went on the straight street and the Lord said to him, and the house of, he's of the house of Judas and asked for him, a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying there. And all of a sudden Ananias is like, whoa, Lord, do you not know that's the dude? That's the dude who stoned Stephen? Do you not know, Lord, that that's a powerful man? Do you not know that he's coming here to kill us? God said, oh, I know. He said, you get up and go because I have a new way for that man. He is going to be the voice of the one crying to the Gentiles on a new pathway. And as you look at that in your Bible, in verse 15, he got up and he says, he's my chosen instrument to carry the gospel to the Gentiles and to the kings and the sons of Israel. To the Gentiles, to the kings and the son of Israel. How do you find a way? You find a way in God's word. But I want you to know that sometimes even though you're reading the word and you know the word, it doesn't give you the word you need. Matter of fact, as I said earlier, Saul knew the word. He knew the word inside and out. But sometimes God doesn't just speak to us through his written word, which he does speak to us. But when it goes beyond his written word, he'll speak to us louder than a written word. You say, he'll speak to me audibly? No, much louder. Matter of fact, I remember the night. I remember the night that my life was transformed and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I mean, I knew what I was all about. Oh, yes, it was a church function. It was outdoors. It was happening. It was a bonfire. Things were going on there that night. And all the best-looking girls in the, in, the, in the town and the countryside were right there around that bonfire. And I knew that was the place to be. But all of a sudden that night, God had another plan. And while I was in the middle of trying to pick up chicks... There's a voice that spoke to me and said, my son, my son, I want you to serve me. I want you to love me. And that night, not planned by myself, I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. 
There's been times I remember the call, the call that God placed on my life to surrender to the ministry. I remember, man, he was speaking to me through his word. He was speaking to me through my prayer time. And I was just like, Lord, I don't want to do this. Lord, I have all these other plans for my life. And, you know, just last week I, I was traveling down I-49 South. And as I went underneath those power lines, it was the spot. And I just bowed my head and said, Lord, this is the spot that you spoke to me louder than audibly. You could find your way through the word of God, through the voice of God, when you seek his face. I imagine Saul, who later became Paul because God transformed his name on the road to Damascus and called him Paul from here on out. I imagine Paul never passed that way on that pathway to Damascus, Pastor Ken, that he didn't bow his head and say, this is the day that my life was turned right side up. And I am telling you today on the authority of the word of God that he loves you. He's got a plan for you. I don't care how much hell you've been through by the square inch. God has a word for you. And the word is this. If God be for you and who in the world can be against you, greater is he that is in you and he that is in the world. Quit running from his mercy. Embrace his mercy. Embrace his love. Embrace his compassion. And throw your hands up in the air because eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Nor has it entered into the thought of man the things that God has in store for you for those that he loves and is called according to his purpose today I don't care what walk you're from what your nationality may be what your culture may be rich poor in the middle in between inside out in the circle out of the circle looking through the circle whatever the case may be I do not care what pathway you travel and God has put us on a pathway to the Gentiles the Samaritans to the kings to the sons of Israel to go into Jerusalem Judea and around the world and make a difference for the glory of God that we may reach into the people who seem to live a life of damnation that they may find help and hope and a place of redemption and forgiveness and a new beginning I mean need I tell you if you think you've sinned away the grace of God that he doesn't love you that you've been too bad in all these things in your life need I tell you today as Saul was a murderer and yet God transformed him on the road to Damascus when he got a word from God he found a new way forward and yet, a murderer God allowed to write over half of the New Testament. Oh, what grace. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Listen, the best day of your life did not deserve the grace of God, the love that drew salvation's plan, the sacrifice that Christ made for you on the cross. You do not deserve it. We received his mercy because of his love. For God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for the ungodly. I want you to know today, my brothers and sisters, what we need in Alexandria is we need men and women of God who says, I'm not interested in the way the world wants me to go. I'm not interested in marching to the beat of the world. I am interested in being different. And though all hell assail me, I will not be moved. I will not cave into political correctness. I will be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If God says it's right, then I'll say it's right. If God says it's wrong, then I'll say it's wrong. Though if God be for you, who can be against you? A word from God is the way of God. Second way you can find the way of God is in the work of God. In the book of Acts chapter 13, this guy named Saul, who was gloriously and radically saved, who's now Paul in Acts 13, is at the church of Antioch. And man, they got a good church. Things are going on. And God says, separate Paul. 
separate Paul and Barnabas away so that they can go and do the ministry. Now, when did they get that word? They got that word in Acts chapter 13. It says, as they were ministering, as they were doing the work of the ministry, as they were doing the work of the ministry, doing the work of the ministry, while they were moving, God directed them. Go back to the text that we read in the beginning of the passage of service this morning. As they were moving to Pharagyra, all of a sudden they, they faced resistance. As they was moving to Missa, they faced resistance. As they were moving in the spirit, they faced the obstacles. And yet they did not quit. I want you to know something today. God does not close a door that he hadn't already opened another one. Can you say that with me in your spirit today? Can you say it with me out loud today? That God has not closed a door that he hadn't already opened another one. The problem is that when most of us face a closed door, we throw our hands up in the air. We wring our hands and say, oh, God doesn't love me if he really loved me he wouldn't put me through this adversity he wouldn't put me through these heartaches he wouldn't put me through this bondage most of us never get to the open door because we stop at the closed one I want you to know today God's got a word for you his word can be found his way can be found in his word his way can be found in his work and there they never quit they said let's lay down a night and rest in the morning we're going to get up and go again but in the middle of the night, God said, hey, Paul, a man, vision from a man from Macedonia said, come on over here and help us. We need to start a church in Philippi. God's word is found in God's work. His way is found in God's work. I remember as a young boy, before my dad would, would turn me loose with the agricultural equipment on my own, that my friend and I, while they were gone during the day doing the work of the field, we would be in this large tractor shed and we would stay there for hours on end, hours on end. And man, we'd climb in one piece of equipment and we would turn the wheel and we'd pull the levers and we'd push the pedals. And we'd get tired of that when we'd climb down out of it and go get another one. We'd jerk gears, pull levers, turn wheels, blow horns. And we would do that for hours on end. And we never went anywhere because it wasn't moving. But I am telling you, with just the turn of a key, with just the turn of a key and the power of that equipment, even at the smallest rate of speed that it could possibly go, you could still guide it. And I want you to know today that God's calling you off the bench. He's wanting to put you in the game. God is calling you from the sidelines saying, get in the work of the field. Get in the work of the ministry. I don't care if you don't have it figured out. I don't care if you don't know where one book of the Bible is. One of the greatest soul winners I ever knew couldn't even read or write. He would take his, he would take his Bible with him somewhere and he'd find somebody and say, could you tell me? I can't read. Could you tell me what the scripture says? Could you read that? They would read and say, could you tell me what that meant? Boom, before you knew it, he was leading them to Christ. He couldn't even read. Today, we can find our way in the work. The reason we can't find the destiny for our life that God has for us is because we're not working in the right field. We're not looking in the right places. We're not seeking Him in the right word. We need to open the word of God. We need to be in the faith of God. We need to be moving. And I want you to understand today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that regardless of where you're from, God has a way for you. God has a plan for you. Somebody sent me a card this week, and 
And it's out of Jeremiah, and it says, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future and to prosper you. It's amazing how many people use that scripture to encourage people. But they always fail to identify the reason God gave that word. Because in the middle of bondage, in the middle of 70 years of exile, under one of those most wicked pagan kings that ever lived, God said, you're going to be here for 70 years, but i got a plan for you. And I want you to know something today, my friends in Christ, I don't care where you may be in your life, what you may be addicted to, or what the devil says your future looks like. I want you to know that God says, I have a plan for you. I want to give you a hope and a future. I have a new pathway. I have a new passage. I have a new channel. I have a new journey for you. You do not need to read about a self-motivated help book. You just need to read about no greater love is this than a man lay down his life and die. What we need in our city is men and women who are in the way of God, the pathway. What does that look like? God's way for your life. It may not mean that you're a pastor of a church. It may not mean that you're a missionary to Africa and you say, thank God. It may mean that you're a physician. It may mean that you're an auto technician. It may mean that you are an administrative assistant somewhere. It may mean that you're a teacher or a professor or an educator. It may mean that you're a, a, a carpenter. But I am telling you this, that in the way that God has for you, no matter what your occupation is, He can make you bloom right where He's planted you. Do you believe that? He is your way. He is your passage. He is your channel. And then last of all today, you can find your way, not only in his word, not only in his work, but in his worship. Paul and Silas was in the right place, doing the right thing, and they found themselves in prison. I'm not here to tell you today that if you give your heart to Jesus, you'll never have a hard moment. I'm not here to tell you today that if you sign up and you, do, and, you, and you go into the ministry that it's not going to be hard. I'm not going to tell you today that your life will be a bed of roses if you give him your heart and your life. Matter of fact, here's what it says. In this world you shall have persecution. Are you any greater than your master? But here's what I am telling you. That in the middle of bondage, there's joy. When Paul and Silas had prayed, when they had had a word from God, and they were doing the work of God, all they needed to do was worship God. So there they were. They had already had their first convert for the church of Philippi, Lydia, down by the riverbank. What are we going to do? How are we going to disciple Lydia? Well, man, we just led Lydia and her family to Christ. Now here we are in prison. And so, man, they just began to sing. They just began to sing in that moment of adversity. And in that moment of adversity, things began to happen. It says about midnight, the earth began to shake. As the earth began to shake, the Bible teaches us in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Look at this in your Bible. Mark it, if you will. It says, they began, the earth began to shake. And it says, all of their bondages came off of them. The other prisoners were listening to them. 
Why don't you know there was some talking going on in that room? Here we all are locked in shackles in prison and these fools are singing. Sometimes in life you may go through some heavy adversity and you may lose your song. There's power in worship. There's power in worship. And in those moments of adversity when you think all is lost and you can't go forward, you can. You can. And they began to sing, and suddenly the earth began to shake violently, and the foundations of the jail were shaken. Immediately the doors of the prison was opened, everyone's chains was loose. And then the prisoner, when he was awakened, all of a sudden saw that the prison doors were open, the shackles were off, that he withdrew his sword, the Bible says in verse 27, and he moves forward in this passage of Scripture, and all of a sudden he goes to kill himself, and Paul says, hey, don't do that. Look at it in your Bible there. Don't do that. Look at verse 28. He yells out to him, don't do that. We're all still here. Now I'm going to tell you about some power. I mean, you just go open any prison door in any world and see if people don't start running. But the fact that Paul, under the power of the Holy Spirit, had the power to keep all of those people at bay. He said, we're all still here. He didn't say just the Christians are still here. So we're all still here. And so the jailer called for a light. But what the jailer didn't realize was that the sun had already shone in that prison. The light had already shone into the world. I'm not talking about the S-U-N, I'm talking about the S-O-N. I want you to understand that when he called for that light, he sprang forward and called for that light. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand that the light had shone into the darkness is what it says in John chapter 3. And when that prisoner realized that they were, that jailer realized they were all still there, he fell down on his face and said, men, what must I do to be saved? He didn't say, what must I do to join your church? What must I do to get on board with your religion? What must I do to have that relationship with that God that you have? Oh yes, God has ordained the church, not a religion. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm not trying to, I'm not imploring you to get in the way of any denomination. I want you to be in the way of Christ. So that for the, so that we can rise up, run forward, stand firm, and watch the blessing. Watch the blessing. You got to be in his word. You need to be in his work. You need to be worshiping, and you will find your way. You will find your way. With your head bowed this morning, there's a lot of you, you've been struggling, trying to find your new direction. Trying to find what it is that God's been speaking to your heart. Today, can I encourage you to just seek His way? I mean, there's all kind of things you can do to find your way. You can find those self-help books. You can you can read the the your 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 uh, horoscope and follow your horoscope. 
You can let somebody read your palm. You can find you a fortune teller. You can try to find you a church. Plug into religion. Can I just tell you that religion will get you high and leave you low? But here's what you can do today. That I promise you, I've never had one person tell me, Pastor, you led me astray. You sold me a bill of goods that just wasn't true. You can just say, Lord, not my will, not my way, Lord, but your way be done. And if you'll begin to seek him when you're hungry, if you'll begin to seek him when you're thirsty, he'll give you rest for your soul. Am I doing what I wanted to do as a boy? No. Am I doing what I always dreamed I'd probably do? No. It's far better. In fact, God's done more with my life in 16 years than I could have probably done in 16 lifetimes. It's being in the right place, in the right way, with the right partner. One of my daughters was having a difficult time the other day with something in her life, and I went for a walk with her at night, and I said, you know, what you need in life is you need a partner. And when you're having a rough day, you go to that partner and you say, hey, partner, today's a bad day for me. Would you encourage me? Give me a word of encouragement. I did that the other day with Ralph and Ashley. I came in and I said, boy, I just need a word of, word of encouragement. Ralph sat down in my office and said, I, hey, hey, partner, I need a word of encouragement. You need a partner. I got up to get dressed the next morning and I looked on my mirror and she had drawn pitch, two little stick people. and said, thanks for being my partner. But on that same walk, I told her, I said, there's sometimes you're not going to be where dad is. I'm not going to be able to get to you. I'm not going to be able to reach you. You won't be able to get me on the phone. You won't be able to text me, maybe. But I said, I want you to understand something. That we have a partner in Christ who is always with you. Always with you. My brothers and sisters today, some of you need to come running home to the greatest partner there ever is, Jesus Christ. He's already made the way. Quit wandering around in the wilderness, fighting the briars, fighting the thistles, fighting the man-made way when there's already one been laid out for you before your life ever begun. Today, would you come? As you stand to your feet, God, I believe there's some of your children in here. They're looking for a way forward. God, would you give it to them? Would you give them new direction? Lord, they've been looking for a partner and a spouse. They've been looking for a partner in their business people, their parents. Today, God, let them know that you're the greatest partner in all the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, as we have this invitation, if 
you're thirsty, won't you come? Maybe you've been looking for a faith family to get in the way with, the pathway with, and make a difference. Today, maybe this is your place. Maybe God's calling you out publicly. You've been a private believer for a long time. Maybe he's calling you publicly to declare your allegiance to him. Won't you come today? Maybe you need to give something up. Won't you come today? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. There will be people here to pray with you as you come right now this morning. with the Lord this morning. This is a time for you to, if you want to come and bring your offering, this is a time for you to do that. If you want to worship the Lord in that way, we invite you to do so now. Uh, the invitation, the invitation, the Lord stands before you, holds his arms open and says, won't you come? Won't you come? I have a way for you. I have a place for you. I have a way for you to go. Worship Him. Worship Him this morning as we 
Pastor Brad reminding us that the way of the Lord is, is through worship. So take this time to do that. Father, we thank you this morning just for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for meeting with us today. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and you have a purpose. We thank you that you have a way, Lord, that is outlined for us. Father, my desire, my, my prayer for each and every part of our family, each and every member of our family, Lord, is that we find that way, your way for us, and that we walk in that way so that we might honor you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for man, what the, the way that you've set before us the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? A couple of things we want to do this morning. Guys, I want y'all to come up here. Would you come? Man, just turn around where they can see your smiling face. We have Mike and Virginia and Carl and Nelda who are coming this morning uh, to just make it official that uh, they're just coming to be a, a part of, uh, of our family here at Family of Grace. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, give them, give them a hand of applause, man. Uh, we, we've gone through a time, our, our, uh, our 101 class kind of got connected and figured out, you know, a little bit about who we are, what we believe, and why we believe it. And, and they said, we believe this is the way. We believe this is the way that God would have us to go. So they're going to be out in the lobby hanging out there in a few minutes, and you just uh, make sure you come and, and welcome them uh, to be a part of our family. All right, guys, if y'all be seated for just a moment. Uh, uh, just a, a couple of things, you know, uh, you, if you've, unless you've been in a cave somewhere the last few days, you've seen uh, the, the coverage on the news about the, 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 the disaster in 